thank you know, that you, is our God. prayer as, as a church is that we see an impact for Christ in, in this town, in what's going on at the moment. So let's just, let's just pray for that together just for a moment. Let's not let this, this time pass us. God, we just want to see this town, wherever we're based, just be impacted for you, Jesus. Help us to be facilitators of establishing your kingdom in, our, in, in, this, in this town, God. We're just so thankful for this unique relationship that we had with you. And we don't want to keep it for ourselves. We want other people to know you. So God, just help us to be facilitators into this next season in our lives that we can help other people connect with you and just begun, began an abundant journey. Thank you, God, so much. Amen. Amen. Guys, just give the, give the team a hand. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Thank you to everyone who's uh, been serving this morning, that gives up their time. It's, it's really appreciated. Um, Tara, it's good that Tara mentioned about the sun's come out. I've got a little admission to make. Uh, I spent a little bit of time in the sun, as you can tell by my skin and sun. doesn't get on too well. <laughs> so online, you'll probably see a big red mark around the back of my neck, so I'll try and avoid that. Uh, but it's great the sun's out, isn't it? It is, and it is bank holiday weekend, and I think that's something we've all been looking yeah. forward to. Obviously, as restrictions easing, and we can just start to spend that time with our family and our friends. Yeah. And let's be honest, you know, when the sun's shining, it makes you feel a bit more shiny, it does. doesn't it? It does, it does. And the barbecues help. <laughs> Definitely. So, good morning, church. If we haven't met before, my name is Jackie, and this is my husband, Lee, and we've had the privilege of serving as pastors at Elim Church, North Hampton since last January. January. We moved down from Sheffield where we've lived our entire lives and we actually moved into our home here the day before the first lockdown. We literally, God's timing is always perfect, isn't it? And we got in the day before lockdown hit. So yes, um, for some of you may know, but I was a primary school teacher for 11 years until God started calling us or calling me onto a bit of a journey of discovery. So I worked at a senior level in recruitment and operational management for 13 years, um, and I had responsibility for teams of people around the world until we began this journey and everything went up in the air. Uh, And I'm now bivocational, so I work part-time at the church, uh, and I also work for a Christian organisation called Christian Jobs uh, so we're both quite practical people, aren't we? Yeah, we so are. So we're always doing something practical. So we, we really wanted to bring a practical word for you today with a very practical element to it. And what we've done basically is we've used examples from our lives so, so that you can see. Uh, but trust me, we aren't perfect. And we've made lots of mistakes along the way, haven't we? Um, so our message really is not about us, um, but it's about using our experiences, studies, and learnings to help you all arise in your own lives with God. So the desire of our heart today is to show you how to recognize and navigate your journey from one season to another and to arise into what God is calling you to do. So you might be a point in your life where you're questioning what God is calling you to do. You might not have even begun the process of that. You might feel like you're too old 
or you're not physically able to serve God. And this lockdown uh, may have caused your life to feel like it's taken a bit of a detour and you're a bit exhausted. So you might need help with understanding what God is calling the church to do and how you can be part of this. And I guarantee you that pretty much everyone in this room and online will be transitioning between the seasons of something in your life right now. The current campaign we've been following and that we're finishing today is called Arise. And our passion as leaders and as a church is for you to all to arise into your own lives, uh, into what God is calling you to do. So whatever your circumstance or position, God is calling all of us to serve him in some way. And within this, there are four signs And it's not always four signs, but generally there's four signs that you encounter when God is about to change your season. So let's arise together. It was a bit cheesy, that wasn't it? Let's arise together. It works, doesn't it? You know, we're (laughs) rising together. But yeah, before we begin, we just really want to make it clear, you know, not everybody is called by God to go into leadership, you know, and go off to uh, relocate an hour and a half down the motorway or go to theological college. That's not what we're addressing today. That is what happened to us. But what we are addressing is that everyone, as as Pastor Leisha said, is in seasons and God may be prompting you or stirring you. Mm. You might be a nurse. You might be working in education, lorry driver, office worker, a cleaner. You see, God uses all of those things wherever you are. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul counsels readers that that, that becoming Christians, you don't need to change what you're doing in your everyday life, like your job or your marital status. In verse 17, he writes, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to what God has called him. You see, God has called you to specific places and assigned specific gifts and talents just for you. Your your calling on your life in your workplace is just as important and as relevant as any church minister or evangelist because the fact is you are in the right place. You are right in the middle of the people that need Jesus the most, the unsaved. So whether you're serving God within your church or or in your careers and workplaces, it all works for God's plan. Absolutely. So the first sign, the first sign that God usually presents to us is a sign of restlessness. And this is usually a sign that God is wanting our attention. So about five years ago, Jackie and I had been part of this, um, Jackie and I were working in our careers, and Jackie had been part of the same school for about 10 years as a teacher. And it was down the road from where you lived, where we lived together. And I built a career which involved a lot of traveling and being away. And this was something that we were both used to doing. We served our local church, Jackie involved in the children's ministry, and I leading worship. And everything on the face of it seemed okay, didn't it? It did. So we used to go for frequent long weeks, remember those days, long uh, weekends away abroad where we could recharge our batteries. I bet we all wish we could do that at the moment. And then one particular weekend when we were away, we had time to talk about the things at the side of the pool. And see, without talking about it, I'd started to feel a little bit restless about things. Not anxious or fearful, but a general unsettlement about our life and what we were doing with it. See, even though we both had good careers and were financially comfortable, something felt missing. And this had happened over a period of about a few months, wasn't it? But I didn't really want to talk about it with Jackie, to be fair, um, as I I wasn't sure that it was going to pass. It was like a passing thing. 
So when we were in a relaxed environment on that sunbed at the side of that pool, I picked my time and I told Jackie how I was feeling. And then I joked about uh, looking at working for God as a vocation. And to my surprise, Jackie said she'd been feeling exactly the same. I remember it very clearly because I think we both just had that moment and we just realised, you know, at the end of the day, I always thought in my heart that God's called me to my job all those years ago, but something, as Lee was just saying, felt unsettled and I couldn't put my finger on it. You see, I felt that my sacrifice was enough for God. I mean, doesn't God want us to sacrifice our time and our talents for those in need all around us? And that's what I was doing. In the Bible, in verse 1, in Samuel 1, it says, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as he delights in obeying the voice of God? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of the rams. You see, God wanted me in that situation and all of us today to say yes and to obey his voice. To listen and do what he's asking each one of us. At the moment, the world is going through this master reset, and we believe, you know, that God is using this time for us to re-examine, to listen to what he wants to do next. So are you having an unsettled feeling at the moment? Are you taking time in your day just to listen to what God's voice is? So after our big, long discussion on holiday, we arrived home, and we began the journey of discovering what God wants for our lives. Absolutely. So there are many ways that that God can help you in that journey of discovery. So the more that you press in and things like your prayer life, Mm. talking with other people that you trust, reading God's word, the more things start to happen. So the second sign is that things actually stop working out and doors start closing. That seems a little bit weird, doesn't it? When you're asking God to open some doors, he actually starts closing some doors. And what we've called that is the push. So that could be a push from your current circumstances or place. See, God gives and God takes away, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. in that order. The takeaway is usually to provide room and option to look further afield and maybe something that demands a little bit more of your attention than what you first anticipated. See, God is not looking for someone with ability. Let's just remember that. God is not looking for someone with ability, but with someone with availability. So let me just say that again. God is not looking for someone with ability, but for someone with availability. And to be available, sometimes things have to be removed to make room. Letting go of the old and searching for the new. See, Job's a great example of that. Many things were taken from him, and God tested him at that point, but it made room for the latter part of his life. And in Job 42, verse 12, it says, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. And Joseph as well, he was removed from his family and his love of his father. And he was actually physically moved to even a different country. And I know on our journey, when we were speaking to people around us and exploring our different options, you know, we hit so many closed doors. We discovered that our jobs were too demanding when we had to go down to college. I was needed at school being a teacher, and it just wasn't viable. We couldn't seem to make it work. No. We ended up moving out of our home, and I'll just bit of a shout out to my mum, was so gracious, and she let us move in with her because we just couldn't financially facilitate everything. Yeah. You know, and after finishing our studies, 
we discovered that we couldn't do ministry in the church we were at. So we had to then relocate, find jobs, doors closing again. And at that time, we were just hitting wall after wall after wall. But this is when God was taking away and pushing us into that right season, the place that he wants us all to be, gently nudging us into that right lane. And lots of us here today aren't necessarily from Northampton, you know. We are, you you may have started a journey and ended up in a different place that you expected to be or doing a job in a different place. I know a lot of people work in London but live here because that wasn't the right opportunity that was knocking in that place for you. But at the end of the day, you are here for a purpose and a plan and God has placed you here in this church or on your street or wherever you are because the people around you need you. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody on online or in here is here because it's part of God's plan and it's where he wants you to be. So here's a word of warning with this sign. This sign is a key stage. So this is like uh, asking you to put your money where your mouth is. See, it's okay to say to God, please reveal to me what you want me to do, but it's actually another thing starting to do it. See, we can't be selective on what God is actually asking from us. So when those doors start closing that you hoped that God was asking of you, it can be easy to lose a bit of motivation, lose focus of it, and stay with what you're currently doing, or even pause it for another time. So let me just say something to you. There is never an easy time. God will always ask something of you that has a cost to it. I know those examples in the Bible of where God led people to do great things, like Joseph, Moses, Abraham. We could go on. He's always required something of them beforehand. And all of those people didn't necessarily know what God wanted for them in the time of pushing them out of where they were or asking for something. And it is a little bit of a, for the millennials in here, it's a little bit of a millennial mentality for us to want to know where we're going or what we're going to get before we give. And God doesn't work like that. He wants you to see your heart in action. He wants you to show how committed you are before you get it. He wants you to show your love to him by following his will. So when Jackie Jackie and I first met, I'm going to get some brownie points for this, guys. I hope I do anyway. So when Jackie and I first met, we fell in love pretty quickly. I fell in love with you anyway. Did you fall in love with me? Totally. Totally. Just checking. Just checking. Nod and smile. Nod and smile. So I would have have literally at that point, I would have done anything for this woman. I would have married her on the spot if I could have done straight away. Yeah, I'm going to get some brownie points, aren't I? But the fact of the matter is that she didn't know me properly to begin with. So I could have told her how committed I was to her. I could have told her how much I loved her. But words without actions mean nothing. So over time, we went through situations together. We showed our love to each other in different ways. I used to work uh, work away a lot, so a lot of our weekends were quite precious. Um, And I did have a couple of commitments when Jackie and I first met. One of my commitments was going to see my favourite football team, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and also, I used to manage a football team. So on a, in a morning, basically, I'd get up, manage the football team, play football, go to football, watch football. I will be honest, both of them usually ended up in losses um, because I supported Sheffield Wednesday. So it wasn't, it wasn't too much for me to sacrifice that. But I'm sure you can understand what I mean by that. Out of my love for her and the fact that I needed to, those things had to go. I had to make room for my new season. 
See, the other important thing to remember, this is really important. If you won't, somebody else will. See, God's kingdom always comes first. We should have a, a few of um, people from the Bible just up behind me. So Esau, for example. Esau was the firstborn son in his family. He should have been his father's heir, the one who would carry on the family name and through whom God would fulfill his promise to Abraham. But Esau, as some of you may know, despised his birthright. And see, God passed over Esau because of his disregard and found in his younger brother a willing heart. So Jacob then inherited the destiny that should have been Esau's by birth, and he became one of Israel's greatest patriarchs. See, Eli, he was a high priest, and his family had been called and anointed by God to serve Israel in, his, in the priestly office. But Eli's two sons had no regard for the Lord or his calling. So they desecrated the tabernacle, they stole from sacrificial offerings, they blasphemed God. They had a sense of entitlement and dispensability because they'd been born into a family of power and privilege. So what did God do? God tore the priestly calling away from them and from Eli's family and gave it to a young man named Samuel, who eventually led the nation in the stead. And Saul, God chose Saul to be the first king of Israel, but he disobeyed the Lord, hardened his heart, time after time again. See, Saul's children and grandchildren were destined to sit on the throne. But because of Saul's rebellion, God cut his family off and instead anointed a young man named David through whose lineage the Messiah would eventually be born. I think sometimes we can place too much importance on ourselves above God's plan. See, God's plan will always come to fruition. And it doesn't have to be through you. God's desire is for us to fulfill his plan for us. He wants us to step into that calling. But if we don't step into it, someone else will do it. Trust me, they will. So church, let's take this seriously. And let's please God by doing what he is calling us to do. So we've talked there about this whole pushing and pushing out of seasons as well. But what about what we call the pull. So unexpected doors keep popping up and they're all around you. And as I said, that is you being pulled. So I remember very clearly a few years ago when doors were closing to us and, and then all of a sudden opportunities started to just present yeah. themselves. You see, Lee and I, obviously we're a couple and we're in ministry and that does pose a problem because we're trying to find obviously the right place as a couple where we can serve God together. There were many doors labelled Lee, there were many doors labelled Jackie, but we were looking for that right door from God labelled Lee and Jackie. Now, obviously, we had a strong feeling that we're doing this journey together, mm. and that was something that we felt yeah. at the beginning, and we, we trusted in that, and we prayed into that. And God was so gracious, and he is such a gracious, loving father, that he reveals small parts of his plan to us. And it's a piece at a time, not to overwhelm us all, but for us to grow in our faith yeah. and our trust in him. Have you ever been in a situation where you just feel the pressure is on you to make that right decision and it's got to be the right choice because of your finances your family your relationships and that you can feel almost overwhelmed yeah. with that enormous pressure and burden on you and what could be a really exciting adventure ends up feeling absolutely scary and I, I, I'm speaking from experience here and in Proverbs it says Chapter three, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And that's exactly what, what you need in that situation. See, proverb comes from the Latin word proverba, meaning pro, which is for, and verba, meaning verb. And that's what it is, a combination. It's a word for the season. And that verse can really encourage you when you're in that time. And once we've given over to God, and once we've submitted ourselves, you then have that confidence to yeah. push on doors, and just knowing that if it's the right door, that God is there for you. Yeah. And if it's the wrong door, then he will close that for you. But that confidence only comes when we fully submit ourselves to God. We, things won't just land in our lap. We have to be active. We yeah. have to be seeking. And it's really easy to say, yeah, I trust in God. Yeah, I trust in God. But it, it's, it's different, as you said before, when you put your money where your mouth yeah. is. You've got to have that confidence that only comes with that faith and trust. So there's a few things to remember when, you, when doors start presenting themselves to you. The door that might be what God shows you might be really small. Yeah. You see, in our daily lives, God is constantly working and constantly giving us opportunities. You might be at work having a conversation with a friend or a colleague or online, and you might be right here in the church that God's led you to with your finances. These doors of opportunity are what God really wants us to trust with something small. In Luke 16, verse 10, Jesus says, whoever can be trusted with the small things yeah. can be trusted with the big things. So you might be serving today on the auditorium team or, you know, previously in church making cups of tea. And you, that might not be your greater calling, but these are the opportunities that God presents yeah. to test our hearts. Jesus teaches us the first must be last. Thinking about your own situations, where are you serving God right now in the small things? If you're struggling to see where God is calling you, then become involved in the smaller things. Let God reveal his plan and it'll unfold yeah. and he'll reveal it to you piece by piece. Yeah, God definitely reveals almost more when you're doing those smaller things yeah. and that's just so important to remember. Another part to note is just because a door that has presented itself at that time which may seem like a coincidence or is a coincidence, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's of God. Mm. We've always got to remember that there's a spirit fight going on around us. And it's usually when we're at a pivotal point in our faith journeys, the enemy can sneak in to try and manipulate or distract us. So a particular door that might be there to navigate you away from what God, God is calling you to do, it might be there to actually distract you. So we have to check is this actually God's will for our life? Is this the next step that he wants to do? And we can do this through different ways. So firstly, does it align with God's word? Is what we're being asked to do actually align with the teachings of the Bible, which is God's instructions for us as people? Will that new job that you've been offered put your married relationship at risk? If so, you've been, it's not of God. Would it involve something that you've got to be slightly dishonest in? So believe it or not, when we had to leave our careers to follow our callings, we were actually presented with opportunities which paid us a lot more money, which was very tempting indeed. So take counsel from friends or trusted leaders. What do they have to say? And sometimes they, they know you better than you know yourself. So go and ask for some advice. See, if you call this church your home and don't know how you can serve God within it, then come and talk to us. Come and message us. See, most of the time, what we'll probably do 
is we'll test you with the small things to see what your commitment to God is and then see if God opens some, um, some doors up further um, down the line. I've got an admission. I love reading, that's not my admission. I love reading the Bible and I love reading books. Kind of helps having this job, doesn't it? That I like doing them things. But I don't have the intellectual uh, intellect to be a theologian. So an important thing to think is, is what God, what you think God's asking you to do, does that actually align with your gifts? So I'll be honest, when I'm in lectures, uh, theological, was in lectures at theological college, I struggle to keep focused and pay attention, which is help, helpful when you're both in ministry together, because you get a bit of a jab uh, when you start to, start to drift off or fall asleep. So, but my strength is in operations, so starting and implementing new projects, so my other work is actually in recruitment, like I've mentioned. So I enjoy finding people and enabling them to do things. So my calling was always going to be something which involved those skills. So you might think, do you know what? I haven't got any particular skill that I could have in my head. Maybe I'm a, a, what we call an all-rounder. Maybe I'm average at anything. But believe it or not, many of us are called to just be available and get stuck in. See, the church is built on so many people that are committed and available, who sacrifice their time and have a heart for the church. So another important thing is, is, is some words we need to get rid of. Um, in, the, in the work industry, there's things called unskilled jobs. Trust me, no job is unskilled. There's an important skill in working hard and being committed. So if you're working in a warehouse or you're cleaning or whatever, don't put yourself down. That is a skilled job because it involves working hard and being committed. And that is something that God wants from all of us. It does. So we've talked about pushing, we've talked about pulling in, but that fourth and final sign is that theme, that burden of a new calling. You feel the push of one path pull into the next season and that's when you see the reoccurring themes start to emerge when God places something in your heart and we pray into it and God makes that way forward yeah. as we've said before trust is the key another piece of scripture that reinforced this was Isaiah see I am doing a new thing now it springs up do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I'm sure we've all been in a place where we just need a way, especially when it's something new. And it's God who's doing something new here. It's not down to us, but it's down to him and gives us comfort at this time. And yes, change can be really hard. I used to say, I'm absolutely rubbish at change. But let's be honest, this past year and a half, we've all learned how yeah. to adapt and change because of the season we are in. Mm. And change can be painful, but this is the time that obviously gives growth and birth to something new. When changing a new season, we commonly find that God will be drawing you back to the same place. It could be something geographical, or it could be something just in your mind. You see, God communicates through whispers with us, mm. and he's always with us. You might have a Bible verse that just, just, just going around in your mind, or a, or a worship song, and you just feel that. You wake up with it, it's on your mind, you go to bed with it, it's there. And that is God just speaking directly, just whispering in your ear. Yeah. He doesn't need to speak any louder, because you don't shout when you're close to someone. It's just at that level, because God is close. 
I'd just like to share something um, out of Acts 17. Uh, Paul explains this to Athens. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in the temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as he needed anything. Rather, he, gives, he himself gives everything life and breath and everything else. For the one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and mark out their appointed times in histories and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our poets have said, we are his offspring. Yeah. So let's, church, remember the four signs A sign of restlessness, uh, the doors closing, the push, doors opening, the pull, and a reoccurring theme. Let's do some finding this morning. If you can just stand together, church, if you're able. See, God wants to meet with you. He wants to be in a relationship where you can hear the desires of his heart. So you might not have even entered into a relationship with God yet, but please know that he longs, he longs for a journey with you. So let's just right now consider what God is calling us to do in this new season, what he wants us to arise to and do to help build his kingdom. We're about to worship together. We sang this song earlier, a song called Here Again. And in it, it says, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? So true. We are not enough until we meet with God. Let's just take some time to meet with God right here, right now. Let's make some time and space to hear from God. Let's just communicate with him now, church. We can do that in our own words for a while. And then I'll just pray for us together. Mm. Thank you, God. Jesus.